Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free. Enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight, including, uh, Wayne, a story you didn't get to last week. We'll get to it here hopefully in a little bit. The FDA situation. Uh, they're, they're just grappling for more power, as most government agencies do. It's just that this one has a, well, a lock on the things that feed you and keep you healthy. So we'll get to that. Also, coming up, Mark's got some interesting stuff about a dying baby, since we'll be talking about health and uh, some people that want to pull the plug. But first, a quick update from Second Life, because I just find the things that go on in Second Life to be pretty fascinating. And for those of you that don't know, Second Life is a simulation. It's not really a game. Uh, It looks like a game. It's got graphics and characters and, you know, that sort of thing. And you can move around a little 3D world, but... It's not really a game. It's a it's a second life. People spend an inordinate some people spend an inordinate amount of time. Some might even say dangerous <laughs> amount of time playing this uh, this simulation where you can go in and you can create an avatar for yourself, which is essentially a a digital representation of you. It can look like you, or it can look completely different from you. In fact, it can look like a a fox, uh, some sort of an animal. There seem to be lots of foxes running around there. Right, and so. Anyway, it's it's gotten fairly popular. Several hundred people play Second Life, and there's this in-game monetary system, which is certainly worth noting. They they take U.S. dollars and they convert them to what they call Linden dollars, and then uh, you can use those dollars in the game to purchase things. You can buy land and, and develop it. You can um, create it in that developing process. You can create stores for people to come and shop in and buy all sorts of different customizations for their uh, for their avatar, and there's this huge market that goes on. Well, of course, uh, wherever there's money changing hands, bureaucrats, they get their, uh, they, they sniff in on that. They it's somehow salivate. Yeah, they somehow zone in on, they, they have some ability to identify where people are, uh, are engaging in commerce, and of course they want to get their tentacles uh, involved. Sounds predatory to me. Oh, they're definitely predatory. And so they've been sort of tossing around ideas for a little while now. On how, how are we going to tax Second Life? How can we, A, tax Second Life? How can we, B, regulate Second Life? Because recently it was discovered by the feds that there's gambling going on in that there Second Life. And there's people having sex. Now, I haven't heard anything about, uh, the government hasn't hey. yet gotten upset about the sex that goes on in Second Life. Which is really just, silly, if yeah, you ask me. Just so you know, they're not having sex. But the avatars are having sex, and small children could see that, Mark. I just I just see that coming next, right? They're going after gambling. Soon they'll be going after sex. I mean, for all we know, people are having sex with money, or for money in Second Life. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I think, you know, it's a fascinating simulation of how the free market works, really, if you think about it. It's pretty. Uh, in fact, you're gonna you're gonna like the quote from uh, the Linden Labs people here in this talkback article from ZDNet, where it really seems like. I bet if we got these guys on the show, they would probably be fairly free market oriented. We'll we'll talk about that. But here's the latest uh, from San Francisco. In the next several months, Second Life avatars might find their long-awaited voice said the publisher, Philip Rosedale, the CEO of Linden Lab. Many Second Life members have long desired to bring their voice to their text-based avatars. And last month, Second Life launched a small beta trial with integrated voice, meaning a little headset, mm-hmm. and uh, you can actually talk to people in the, in the uh, simulation. What if the people don't have a headset? I guess they wouldn't be able to hear you. 
I guess not. But I think most of the people playing this game probably have a set of computer or a set of speakers, speakers on their computer. So even if they couldn't talk, they could still listen. Rosedale said during a keynote speech at Gartner Symposium Expo that he hopes to see voice officially launched within the next several months. Quote, there are a lot of problems with telephony when doing conference calls. You can't tell who's talking. Isn't it telephony? Uh, telephony, uh, whatever. I think that's uh, what they call it. I... You can't tell who's talking if there's more than one person. But in the virtual world, voice solves it said Rosedale, noting that avatars with three-dimensional voice integration will likely accelerate using Second Life for holding virtual conference meetings. You know, this could really be useful. Uh, For instance, there was a marijuana activism meeting here in New Hampshire. A bunch of free staters and friends got together at one guy's house, which was about an hour and a half's drive from here in Keene. And it's just a pain in the butt to drive places. And I think as uh, it, we, it's certainly something that we've seen of de- developing over the past few decades is this sort of virtual office mentality, the idea that certain people in certain jobs can get their jobs done without even leaving their house. Mm-hmm. And uh, this could be me, something... Me, for instance. <laughs> you, for instance. Um, me, generally. But, I mean, but this could really facilitate activism. It could facilitate meetings. People might actually be... You might actually be able to call a meeting of your executives in your company or the people in your activist group or whatever without actually having to get out and drive and burn gasoline for three hours because that's what we had to do the other night and and the meeting was a little bit of a letdown so it's it's bad enough when you have to drive three hours to get somewhere it's worse when it wasn't really even worth it well it will also uh facilitate meetings being uh, a little uh, you know moving along a little more quickly a little more exciting because uh, people could just tune out and go back to and do anything they want that's true if they're uh, sitting at their computer so uh so it better be interesting yeah you better be interesting that's a good point Other plans in the works for Second Life include adding the ability to scan users' photos onto their avatars and bringing more realism into the virtual world through detail-oriented designs, such as the way a butterfly fitters across the computer screen. The graphics in Second Life are good, but not perfect, he said. He estimated that in five years, the interface will reflect a greater degree of realism. Quote, when you look through a computer screen, everything will look real, like you're looking through window glass. And you know, um, computer games are pretty much to this point already. Pretty much, they're photorealistic. Yeah, I mean, they're darn close. It's hard to imagine them getting better, but I know they will. I remember playing a game on the Sega Dreamcast, which was a home game system, a console system that didn't do very well back in the early uh, aughts. It was released, I think, in 1999. And I remember playing a game, and this is seven years ago, and just being astounded at the. It was an it was the NFL game that they had. Just being astounded at how true to life this game was. I mean, the camera angles were the same angles that they use in the television broadcast. And, of course, with the video games, you could do more than they can do in in television broadcasts. And just the ways the players moved and and looked, it was just incredible. And now it's seven years later, it's even better. Uh, A game like Second Life or a simulation like Second Life has to go a little easy on the graphical side because they have to make it so more people can play it. But, I mean, five years down the line, it'll, more computers will have the graph, uh, graphic punch that they need in order to handle that sort of thing. And really, I mean, why would anyone want to actually fly across the country for a meeting when they could don a pair of headphones and go into a virtual office in this simulation? Well, I, would, I can answer that. Um, I can sell at a better percentage by giving, getting a meeting with someone than I can by being on the telephone with them. And sure. I would imagine that... Um, 
you know, if I can get them on the uh, computer, I'm going to have a better percentage than I am on I am on the telephone, but not as good as I am in person. I mean, there's a lot to body language and and those kind of things. I oh, mean, I agree with that absolutely. So that's why they would. I wasn't have necessarily meetings. talking about a sales pitch. I was just talking about like a board meeting or something like that. I a understand. A lot of people, you know, they fly in from different places to have this board Sales meeting. Sales pitches are a lot of meetings, but yeah. oh, I understand. Yes, it's going to change that dramatically. I was going to say that they've also forgotten the sense of smell. Probably at some point they're going to have to have some kind of USB smell thing that you put on your nose <laughs> so you can smell things, too, because that's part of the experience as well. I'm sure. I, I've heard they're working on that. Oh, they're, that. They are researching smell-o-vision, finally. And, and also, with your voice, uh, it would be cool to have effects so you could lower your voice, you could raise it, you could change it a little bit so it wouldn't be exactly like your voice, but it would be the ideal voice that might, you might want. Well, I, you could actually do that out, outboard. You'd have to, it wouldn't probably be in-game, but we could do that here in the studio if we wanted to right now. Uh, anyway, in another move to mimic real life, Second Life is gearing up to keep its grid constantly operating. The goal is to prevent downtime in the virtual world. Time, after all, is money, even in a virtual world. The site currently comes down every two weeks for approximately five to six hours to allow them to make updates to simulators as well as additions and improvements to its network. Uh, despite some recent speculation on the matter, the CEO said he's not worried about taxation entering Second Life. He compared Second Life to other developments on the Internet, such as online auctions. He says, for instance, tax authorities so far have left eBay alone. The aim is for Second Life to have minimal interference from outside authorities, including Linden Lab. But that has grown more challenging to maintain in recent quarters as the size of the virtual world has grown. Quote, we've been tested in our ability to not govern. We like to step in if needed. Then take our hands off the wheel and let the community self-govern. Like I say, I get the feeling these guys are of a pretty libertarian mindset using terminology like self-govern. More on the way. You take control. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, including the wiki, over 1,200 pages created by listeners just like you. Uh, like I say, it is free, like everything else is, on our site at uh, wiki.freetalklive.com. That gets you right to it. Wiki. FreeTalkLive.com. Plus, Porkfest is happening June 18th through the 24th. It is uh, also known as the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. And there, you'll be able to tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. And hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, as well as discovering new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Quick correction on the wiki thing. It's over 1,300 pages now. Not 1,200, 13. Wow. We've had some busy, busy listeners. All right, so let's go to the phones, do the fun. It's Jim in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, now. Hey, Jim. What's, what's on your mind? Um, I, I wanted to say that uh, I'm at the uh, Give Me Liberty bar right now. Uh, you were wrong about a few things. Um, there's not a few hundred people. There's 8 million people on Second Life. I don't think I ever said there were a few hundred people on Second Life. I said a few hundred thousand, so oh, I guess okay. that's what maybe you misheard that. I didn't okay, realize it had grown to eight eight million. When I uh, when I think I, I think when I signed up there were six hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. So they've had quite a bit of growth then in the past year or so. Oh yeah, they've been. It, it's been a it's been a huge bubble. Hopefully it doesn't pop. But um, also, uh, as far as them being libertarians, yeah, that actually is true. 
the really? whole idea yeah the whole idea of uh, second life comes from a, a book called uh, snow crash it was a science fiction novel in i believe 1991 and the whole the whole premise of the book was that the uh, american government was almost completely uh, dissolved <laughs> okay and uh, it's it's a very anarcho-capitalistic society i mean just as a whole and it's a perfect example um, the economy, I would have to say that the economy there is better than pretty much any economy we can look at in the world. <clears throat> why, why do you say that? Um, the amount of uh, money that's being traded just on a daily basis and how fast it's growing. Um, there's no uh, intervention. It's, uh, you know, the, lin- the Lindens are pretty much just letting it go. They're not getting involved in any way unless, you know, the government steps in, but... Which government hasn't really been able to do too effectively at this point. And, and I guess when you say the economy's better, you mean you're just more free. You can, you can go and you can buy a plot of land and, and literally build whatever you want without having to uh, bow down to some zoning, co- uh, zoning board and uh, you know all the other government hoops that one would have to jump through in order to open up one's own business. In this, in this case, people can open up their own businesses in this, this simulation that is known as Second Life. And they don't have to ask anybody's permission to do so. Right. So uh, but nice. also there has been a government intervention a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if you guys heard about uh, Denmark. I don't know if uh, the American government's done it yet, but Denmark has uh, stepped in and said that, uh, that I guess there's a group called um, uh, like uh, Lollies. And what that essentially is is uh, people pretending that they're underage children and uh, having sex with them as if an older person was having sex with a younger oh, child. God, okay. Yeah, and they, uh, they, uh, Lyndon has stepped in and said, uh, well, since this is illegal in most countries, um, we're, we're getting rid of it and we're not allowing it. But they've been essentially trying to get around it by calling themselves role players. And Yeah, I don't see how they're going to possibly uh, root that out. Well, I guess they could um, eliminate the uh, children avatar. Yeah, that's... That's what they've been doing, but then again, there's people on there that they dress up like children, but they don't have sex. They they just like the whole role playing as a child. Period. Oh, it'd be a shame to to miss them. It seems, yeah. well, but it seems <laughs> difficult to enforce. I mean, you'd have to have someone essentially say uh, snitch these people out and say, "Oh, I saw them doing role playing, and here's what their account names are." And then they'd have to go and I don't know how they would verify that. Maybe they could look into logs and. And see, I mean, that just seems like uh, that just seems to be completely unnecessary. But yet, uh, yet they've they've gone ahead and done that, huh? Yeah, hmm. that's unfortunate. Well, you know, let the sickos be sickos. At least they aren't touching real kids. You know, yeah, that's, that's what how I, I feel about it. It's it's a simulation. Anyway, thanks yeah. for the call, Jim. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Obviously, that's an issue that's going to get some people very upset. Well, the fact is, though, there are certain things out there. We talked a few days. We talked last week about the 4chan people, mm-hmm. which is this weird message board that is on the internet, and a lot of sort of internet uh, teen internet geeks populate these things. Well, there are pictures that are very, very disturbing that uh, that are on this particular website, and you know, there's a chance that. Your son posted some of these pictures. I think that uh, Julia pointed out an interesting point is that, you know, if you're a parent and you've got a computer geek for a son, you might think, well, he's a computer geek. He's not going to get in any trouble. He's a computer geek, right? Well, the fact is these guys might be doing some all kinds of disturbing things that you don't know about uh, on the Internet. You just go and look. Looking at disturbing things. Yeah. Well, looking and posting them. Someone's posting them. 
And, I mean, you'll find drawings of similar things that Jim was talking about happening in, uh, in Second Life. Just essentially simulated fantasy involving small children. And it's very disturbing. But it goes on out in the open. Now, it's an anonymous message board, so there's no way for people to, I guess, there's no way to track these people down. And should they be tracked down? Should there be a law against that sort of thing? As disturbing and odd as it might be, doesn't that fall under free speech? Isn't free speech in the First Amendment all about protecting the disturbing speech, the speech that people don't necessarily want to hear? Yes, I mean, it, it's, yes, I want the people on the Internet to be able to, to say what they want to do with impunity. Um, I will draw the line at uh, child porn, um, real live child porn with real we're, live now children. Now we're talking about drawings I, here. I understand. Okay. I'm drawing the line at real live child porn with real live children. Because um, then you can make the argument that someone was actually harmed, but in a drawing, no one was harmed. No, it's just sick weirdos. Right. Um, People get offended, but that's all right, because, well, you know, when you have freedom of speech, it's inevitable that if someone hears enough free speech, they'll find something that is offensive. going to happen. The only, prob- the only thing I have with that is that, you know, you might have one sicko who sees a picture by another sicko and gets some extra ideas. Other than that, uh, free speech is mainly designed for political speech, but also speech that's not popular. Absolutely. But uh, I think that when you start talking about even, you know, every action starts with thoughts. And a lot of people who do these things, they start out thinking and fantasizing about them. So you're, in a way, you're encouraging it, but yet you still have to, there's a fine line there. Yeah, I I don't see it as encouraging it. I I just see it as allowing people to be free to create and, and think disturbing thoughts. If you want to think disturbing thoughts, that's fine. But acting on them is a, is a whole other issue. And, you know, if you take that one step to say, well, these thoughts are too disturbing, then it's not very far to take another step and say, well, white supremacists and black supremacists, their thoughts are too, too disturbing. We need to ban that sort of thinking, too. I don't like those, those people's thoughts. I don't like the way they think. I don't like racists. But would I want to see those things banned? Uh-uh. Because I know it's a slippery slope. It's dangerous. Right. I mean, you know, if they can ban racist uh, stuff on the Internet, then pretty soon they're going to ban libertarian stuff on the Internet. Well, see, the cool thing about the Second Life simulation is it's pretty self-regulating. Like they say, they let people self-regulate. And the way that that can be done is that you've got total control over your property. So if someone comes on your property and they don't look the way you want them to look or they're saying things you don't want them to say just like in real life you can say bye bye get off my property now except in real unlike in real life you can actually set rules that say that guy can never come here again and then the computer program will enforce your your rules for you all right more on the way you can take control 800-259-9231 this is free talk live our archives website and podcast will continue to stay free but if you think other people deserve to hear this show Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll free. At 800-259-9231, that is the packet 8.net toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, including the archives and entire year's worth of the show. Right there, front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Just go and click there for free at freetalklive.com. April is Financial Literacy Month. 
Give the child in your life financial literacy, be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. 800-657-5066. So we were talking about Second Life and how the government hasn't managed to quite yet get in there and effectively regulate it. And when I say effectively, meaning that they've been unsuccessful at their attempts so far. Uh, obviously, they would like to because government just loves to control things. I mean, that's what to govern means, is to control others. And one of the uh, examples of government bureaucracies that has managed to insert its way into av- every single day of our lives is the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. These uh, are the bureaucrats that decide whether a, a new product uh, for your health survives or dies. That's um, right. It's not the marketplace. It's a panel of bureaucrats that think they know best what's right for the rest of the country. And we've reported on them before in the, in the past and on, on how it is that the FDA, for instance, probably kills more people than it saves. Because whenever you hear the FDA mentioned by some FDA supporter, they'll always use the sort of emotional rhetoric of, well, if it just saves one life. You know, if all the regulation just saves one life, then it was worth it. Yeah, if we all have to go through, jump over all kinds of uh, you know hurdles and go through all kinds of hoops and um, get over all kinds of barriers, well, as long as it saves one person, it's worth it. Right, and unfortunately, the part that those people that, that make those claims don't realize, the thing they don't understand, is that the FDA doesn't save lives it re- it results directly in the killing the premature deaths of hundreds of thousands maybe even millions of americans they say over 300,000 people a year that's a conservative estimate i believe it um and you know there are different areas that we can look at but one of the easiest ones to look at is the approval process for new medications now whether or not you're a fan of the uh, the medicine industry non issue the fact is the, they're, a, they're a business just like anyone else trying to put out a product. Unfortunately, unlike Free Talk Live, where we can just sit in a studio, yap into some microphones, and put an MP3 f- uh, file online, if a, uh, if a medical manufacturer, a pharmaceutical company, wants to put out a new product, they have to go through a 10-year, multi-billion dollar approval process. And people wonder why drugs are so expensive? It's because they're recouping their regulatory costs. Yeah, R&D's in there, too, but the regulatory costs cost billions of dollars and take years of time. Now, if you're looking at a a medicine that could potentially, I mean, most medicines are created so they could save people's lives, if not make their lives better. Let's look at a life-saving medicine. I don't have the name of these, I don't have the names in front of me because we're just sort of talking about the issue. But there have been medicines, heart medicines, for instance, that... You know, they spent 10 years in the approval process, and during that time, a certain number of people died of heart attacks. The fact is, if those drugs had been allowed to go on the marketplace, and those individuals had been allowed to say to their, you know, a doctor would, would have been allowed in the marketplace without the FDA's regulation to come to you and say, Wayne, you've got heart trouble, and there's a new drug that, uh, you know, Pfizer's been testing out here. It hasn't been fully proven yet, but, you know, if you want, we can give you this drug, and, and you can try this to see if it's whatever the issue is. 
Maybe it's heart trouble, maybe it's something else completely. But the fact is, those people aren't able to participate in that. They aren't able uh, to take those risks, should they want to take those risks, under the right. advisement of their doctors. I, and as a result, hundreds of thousands of people have perished sooner than they would I have. saw today that there's a new AIDS drug out um, that they're, you know, that, that's showing promise that they're testing and blah, blah, blah. Well, what if you have AIDS? That's and a great issue, AIDS. You want to take this drug. Because there's I nothing mean, that works. Right. And look, the result is you're probably going to die. So what's the worst thing the drug's going to do to you? Right. We shouldn't forget, though, that the drug companies do scour the rainforests and they interview medicine men and they try to find and identify plants that cure things. Mm-hmm. And then they analyze the plant chemically and they try to find substances in there they can patent to create a drug. So really what they've done is they're creating massive misallocations of resources because they're creating a product for uh, that already has a natural, cheap, inexpensive cure. But they want to get the patent so they can make billions of dollars off of it. Well, that's, that's a patent problem more right. than anything else. It sure is. And so they're not really competing in a free market because, see, there's a very incestuous relationship between the FDA and, and the pharmaceutical industry. Sure, that that's true. But at the same time, it's also... Um, I don't know if it's in, as incestuous as it is parasitical. I think it's probably a little more on the parasitical side in that if left to the free market, these people would probably still create useful sure. medicines and yeah. that sort of thing. There, it's there just that some, they wouldn't have to pay the uh, just extreme fees that the FDA requires. Yeah, there, there are some useful drugs out there, but some people have estimated that about 80% of all drugs are unnecessary. And so developing them was a waste of money, really, because there are less expensive alternatives already out there that have been mm. in existence for thousands of years. Well, that's where the FDA comes in as their uh, their co-conspirator, because right. they lock out the other um, natural sort of remedies from being able to make claims. Like, the drug companies can make claims because they've gone through the... 10-year process and paid all of the bribes to the FDA, so they can say, this drug will do this. But natural um, remedy people can just suggest things at most, and even then they could probably get into trouble. And now things are changing for the natural, uh, the the healing types of, I guess homeopathic, I guess is a more appropriate term for homeopathic remedies. Is that where you're going? That's one of them, yes. The FDA is attempting to regulate supplements, herbs, and juices as drugs. Juices? Yes, juices too. There's a story by Mike Adams from last week, April 11th. Uh, Let's see, when it comes to natural free, uh, I'm sorry, when it comes to health freedom, this is the FDA's endgame. A new FDA guidance document published on the FDA's website reveals plans to reclassify virtually all vitamins, supplements, herbs, and even vegetable juices as FDA-regulated drugs. Vegetable juice. Yes. Mm. Now, um, is, are they going to regulate then the vegetables from which you get these juice, juices? Maybe. I Maybe. Mean, it, this is crazy. It's, it's crazy. Nuts. But it's been in the works for a while. This it isn't has. really new news. It's just that, I guess, another memo's leaked out. That's right. And in the last 15 years or so, uh, alternative medicine, complementary medicine, whatever, whatever you want to call it, has been making he, uh, huge inroads into the healthcare business. And the pharmaceutical industry doesn't like that. Uh, they've got competition, and they they just don't like it. Sure. So they're also saying that massage oils and massage rocks will be classified also as medical devices and require FDA approval. But there's a document. It's called docket number 2006D-0480, and it's entitled Draft Guidance for Industry uh, on Com- Complementary and Alternative Medicine Products and Their Regulation by the Food and Drug Administration. Now, the FDA, so if I want to re- if I want to sell a massage rock, it's going to have to go through an FDA approval process. Looks like it. What if it's just a regular rock? Uh, you you can't label it a massage rock. That's right. right. And the other problem here too, guys, is that uh, right now by law, the only thing that can cure something is a drug. Okay. 
So if you have which scur- isn't true, yeah. But if you have scurvy, for example, if you eat an orange that cures scurvy, everybody knows that they've done it for years. But, yeah. But if you say that an orange cures scurvy, that's a drug claim, and they mm-hmm. can lock you up for that. And they will. And they will. They, the FDA has a goon squad. Mm-hmm. Oh, they sure do. But the FDA is accepting public comments on the docket Isn't until April thirtieth. Nice? So you can. I I posted a comment myself on it, and many people I know have. And they tried to sneak this under the radar, but word got out, and now the natural health community is up in arms over the rule. As they should be. And if you wish to protect your access to nutritional supplements, herbs, essential oils, homeopathic medicine, and other complementary or or alternative modality, it is crucial that you take action and post your comments on the FDA as soon as possible. Now, here's a few things that will be regulated out of existence. Oh, boy. All vitamins, nutritional supplements, and functional foods will be stripped of their structure and function claims, reducing them to empty labels. Well, now wait a minute. Nothing. They'd be allowed to make the claims if they go through whatever regulatory process the FDA sets up, right? Well, that game will be rigged big time, though. Sure. I mean, this is going to make it even more difficult. We'll come back with more of some of the other things that are um, going to be put in jeopardy by this new rule change. There's no legislation here. It's just a bureaucratic rule change. Right. We, didn't, right. we didn't vote on the people that made this nope, rule. No, not at all. More on the way. You take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. We do ask, though, that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff over at amazon.freetalklive.com. All of the products that you purchase, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of. There are 40 categories for you to shop in, uh, including... Everything from furniture to books to office products to clothing, groceries, 40 categories of stuff, all of the stuff you buy, we get a percentage of. What could be better? Amazon.freetalklive.com for all your shopping needs. So we're talking about the FDA and the Food and Drug Administration and how it is that they just ruin uh, certain industries. And that's what they're busy trying to do to the homeopathic industries. Also, they're looking to uh, even regulate vegetable juice. They want to regulate massage oils. They want to regulate... And handheld massagers. Massage rocks. Handheld massagers. You know what that means. There's this whole category of products out there that apparently the FDA just hasn't gotten its hands on quite enough. I mean, already they're beaten down by FDA rules and regulations that say that you cannot make a claim about your product. If your product does X, you can't say it. Even if you've done studies that show scientifically duplicated studies that say, yes, oranges do cure scurvy. You can't say cure. What you can say is that it uh, uh, oranges, they call them structure function claims, where you don't say it cures it, but you say it does something in the body which could imply that it might fix that problem. Yeah, so there's these hoops that they're already jumping through in order to sell their products and market them as best as they possibly can. But the FDA has decided, after probably meeting with some of their buddies in the pharmaceutical industry, the FDA has decided that there there just aren't enough hoops yet. And so now they want to put up more hoops to where not only are they not going to be able to make claims about their products, but they'll also have to jump through the regulation. That's right. They'll have to get approved in order to even sell their products in the first place, and yes, which will take years. And before we continue, I also wanted to note this, that in the early 90s, the FDA tried to do this, and there was so much outrage over it, Congress got more letters and more faxes in the, in the history of the United States. Hmm. And instead, they passed the DeShay Law. They went the opposite way. They said, you know, people should be able to 
monitor their own health and make the correct decisions themselves without having the FDA to tell them what to do. And so they passed the Deshay law, they call it, which is the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. Mm-hmm. And that was, th- that was the law that allows supplement companies to make structure function claims because before that they couldn't even do that. You just had to know. Yeah, and so supplements have become even more successful because of this law, because now you have more information in the marketplace and you have more competition, and you have people getting healthier, and you can lower the cost of health care this way. But the FDA is ready to change all that, and you are going to go down a quick list of some of the some of the products and services that are going to be heavily affected by yeah, this. Yeah, you're going to love this. Vegetable juice will be regulated as a drug. Raw juice retreats will be rated or shut down. Growing so, or, uh, you know, just uh, now, I don't know about a raw <laughs> juice retreat, but I used to go to these uh, Java Juice, I believe it's it's called, or yeah. something like that. Um, you know, there's there's What's all that? kinds of, like a network marketing thing. Uh, no, God, it's, it's a store. It's just it's, get out a little bit. It's just a store that sells juice. <laughs> oh, by the way, you know, you can keep insulting me. I'm not uh, but, insulting you. Uh, the fact is, you were wrong about the nose wiping thing yesterday. I had another listener email me out of the blue saying that yes, they do have nose wipey pads. On the gloves. So why don't that you get do, out that and go learn a thing out? about gloves, huh? Okay. Well, all right. So get out. Um, there are stores that are in existence in the real world mm-hmm. out there through the window <laughs> where you can buy juice freshly squeezed by a, a centrifugal juicer. And, um, you know, the juice has uh, health effects. I mean, eating raw vegetables is good for you, right? Yes. Sure. So um, ha- juicing the vegetables and, and you get more of the, the nutrients quicker so there's lots so of So you used to hang out, out at one of these places? I don't know. What what hang saying? out. Pick up I chicks. Like yeah. Pick up chicks or, or anything else. Yeah, let's go tip back a couple of tubs of tofu you sometime. Would, you would be shocked. You would be leveled to the floor at how much these things cost. It's like $5.50 for a large, like uh, maybe 20 ounces. I've seen the juice bars before. That's what you're talking about, and I understand. I just never heard of the brand name. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I've only seen them in big cities. It's Jabba or Java Juice? Jamba. Jamba Juice. juice? Yes. Okay. They had some juice places in Sarasota. I don't think they, they were couple, chains, but they... No, they were, they were not. Right. Yeah. So what are some of these things? Oh, so here we go. Uh, growing or selling common gr- garden herbs will get you arrested as a drug dealer. Massage oils and handheld massagers will be regulated as medical devices. Yoga props... Would that mean you'd need a prescription to get a uh, vibrator? Uh, maybe. Well, there's a difference between a vibrator, a sexual vibrator, and a massage vibrator, I would assume. I see. <laughs> Yoga props. I'm not sure what that difference is. It's got a little <laughs> engine inside it that turns over a bunch of times. That's and right. People will start using the other vibrators for massages. Right. They won't be able to get the other ones. Of a black market and vibrators. Yoga props, Pilates machines, and weight machines will be regulated as medical devices and require FDA approval before being sold or used. Raw and who knows how much that's going to cost? That's right. I mean, that's up in the air at the moment. Raw sprouts and other anti-cancer foods will be regulated as drugs. Raw sprouts. Get this, man. The things you put on your salad, mm-hmm. bean sprouts, little, uh, what are the other, alfalfa? Alfalfa I mean, sprouts. these are just <laughs> seeds that have sprouted. They're going to regulate them as drugs. All from this crazy codec thing. Weed is just a seed that sprouted, too. That's true. That's right. Bottled water that treats dehydration will be regulated as Come a drug. Come on. That's because crazy. Water treats dehydration, man. you got to regulate that stuff. Otherwise, you won't need any drugs. Massage therapists who use hot rocks as part of their therapy will have the rocks regulated as medical devices. Yeah, medical devices. Functional food, supplements, vitamins. You know, it's, it's not the getting it declared a medical device. It's the money that it costs to get it declared. Suddenly those have just doubled or tripled in value now, those rocks. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. 
functional foods, supplements, vitamins, homeopathic remedies will disappear from store shelves pending FDA review. Mm. The only things remaining will be processed junk foods and pharmaceuticals, which is exactly what big business wants. Yeah. How is, uh, how is someone who owns uh, one of these health stores going to deal with that? I mean, if all of a sudden everything needs to be put under review before it can continue to be sold, you're out of business. Yeah, or, yeah. or you're going to jail, one of the two. Right, if you keep selling the products. Here's right. another problem, too, guys, is that there's, there's some trade organizations for supplement manufacturers. But the problem is that the pharmaceutical industry has infiltrated and bought up a lot of these, these supplement manufacturers. Now they sit on the boards, the so-called boards, the trade associations mm-hmm. for supplements. And, of course, they've got a conflict of interest there because they really want to get these things out of the way. Hmm. Not good news, and I'm sure uh, you'll continue to bring us uh, the latest on this. We've got to go to the phones. Okay, go ahead. Let's talk to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Hey, good. Hey. What's on your mind? Um, I was having a conversation, as I often do. There's an 87-year-old man that I work with, mm-hmm. and we talk a lot about politics. So I took on Ian's position that we should just totally get rid of all government. Just for fun. Okay. Yeah, just just normally I'm more of a Mark type of libertarian, but just for the heck of it, I was taking on your your position. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to talk about that way because it's more absolute. And he was wondering about crime, crime, sure. how this would affect crime. Well, that really does separate. It would uh, drastically lower crime. Ian's and my uh, well, because it would. governments would no longer be around to hurt people. Well, I, that's not I the agree. kind of crime he's talking about. He, he's he's worried about getting robbed and stuff. He thinks, and here's the thing, I wonder how many people actually think this. He seems to think that if we get rid of a government, that all of a sudden everybody is going to turn into a criminal. Right. <laughs> and the whole world is just going to fall apart. I mean, I know personally I'm, I'm not going to rob anybody now. I nope. wouldn't rob anybody if there weren't any police. Did you ask him if he was going to rob someone, if that's what his plan was? Um. No, I took on a position of, well, we'd have private policing. Mm-hmm. We have private police now, and uh, that's the position I took. And it was only later that I thought, gee, you know, how many people believe that if we got rid of government, the whole world would just fall apart and everybody would start robbing everybody else? And well, the last person, I think there are a lot of people that think that. Uh, the last person that I saw, you've encountered an 87-year-old man, uh, Julia found a post on a website about free talk, or uh, it was about I think uh, Free Minds TV, which is Toby's show, and she had seen the episode and they were talking about getting government out of things. And she said, that, "Well, if it weren't for government, I would just go around and start robbing and killing people." And you know, it's just that people. I don't think that people think that think that way have really thought it through at all. Because yeah, go ahead, start robbing and killing people. See how far you get. See what so, happens to you. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> I don't think you'll make it a week. And and why would somebody start doing that? Why would I wouldn't start doing it that? I have no reason to. You know, police are a very, very, very new phenomenon within the uh, the human existence. And you know, you know, travel probably wasn't as safe back then. But but things are different now. There's a lot more technology that can handle those issues. People yeah. would be secure in a lot of ways that uh, they were not in the past. This is one of the things that you know we have to really overcome uh, as, a, as a pro-freedom movement to help people understand that their neighbors aren't really laying in wait down the street to sli- slit their throats. Gosh darn it, if it weren't for those police cars that come by once every six hours. I mean, the cops aren't stopping this violence. They're not there. 
So it's just people acting in their best interest. That's why people behave, because they want to keep breathing and enjoying food and having sex with one another and enjoying all the pleasures of life. And all of that will be taken away from them if they start taking it away from other people. More coming back. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. That once again, for your convenience, freetalklive.com. Last hour, we wrapped things up with uh, Matt in Illinois calling in to regale us with a, a quick story about how he'd had a conversation with one of his older co-workers, an 87-year-old man still in the workforce, which I think is, is great. I think it's, it's good. Um, but anyway, he was talking with him about uh, taking he, – he took a free market position, uh, basically saying, we really don't need government. And just to throw it out there to see what the guy's response was. And he came back with the – what I would say is a typical response of, of an individual that has never heard that message before, the message of, hey, we can live without this government thing. Uh, and that was you know, the idea that, well, if it weren't for government, we'd all be living in chaos. If it weren't for government, my neighbor down the street would come in my window at night and slit my throat and kill my wife because that's what people want to do. That's what people are all about is killing and harming and, and hurting others. And... I don't think I agree with that point of view. There are people that are about killing and harming and hurting others, no doubt. It's just not the majority. It's a very small percentage, and most of them are in Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I think when, when people's rights to defend themselves are upheld and honored in society, mm -hmm. I think that justice gets delved out a lot quicker. Instant justice. And more efficiently, that's right. That's sometimes um, you, you say more efficiently, I, I guess. I mean, but sometimes innocent people are going to be, uh, you know, picked out by a mob or something like that. And that's what people are going to first think of when you talk about uh, limited justice uh, as far as police and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, there was a time we're not talking we, about limited justice. We're talking about real justice, market justice, justice that uh, is demanded by the consumer and provided by people who are in search of a profit. That's what kind of justice. We're Very doing. interested in seeing how that works. Right. Oh, I am too. Absolutely. You know, have, having local peace officers like we used to have wasn't really that bad. That's that's stepping it way back from where we are today, having the centralized federal police force, which is pretty much enveloping everything now. When you say a peace officer, you mean like their job would be, for instance, if uh, if I were running a bar and you were causing some trouble in the bar, their responsibility would be to remove you from my bar and take you to a, a safe location. Yeah, just like the old sheriff in the old westerns. You but know? you wouldn't be charged with a crime. You wouldn't be thrown in a jail cell. You wouldn't have to go through this huge issue unless you actually damaged my property. That's unless correct. You, unless you harmed me in some way. Well, I don't know if jail is even appropriate for somebody who uh, you know, does a property crime. I don't think that that makes a great deal of sense. I didn't say currently. he'd be thrown in jail for that. Oh, I thought you just said unless. No, no, no. Uh, I was just talking about uh, uh, you wouldn't be punished, per se, beyond removed from the property unless you you wouldn't have to pay restitution or anything like that unless you'd harmed me or harmed my property in some way mm -hmm. 
So, uh, 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. We're talking, uh, what, what I wanted to go with that was the idea of principle in politics. And as a libertarian, I have signed a statement that uh, essentially, and actually we actually apparently still have Matt on the line in Illinois. Matt, you're, uh, you're back on Free Talk Live. I don't know if you had any additional thoughts on this particular issue. Just dropped. Oh, well, I guess we don't have that. All right, 800-259-9231, talking about the idea of principle in uh, politics, in that as a libertarian, I have essentially signed a statement, and and I adhere to this, this line of thinking, that the initiation of force is unacceptable. I have sworn to not use the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. Um, if there's something that I think should be accomplished in life, I think it should be accomplished on a voluntary basis to get people to voluntarily reach into their pockets and pay for something that I think is worth paying for. I can't, I, I can't take a gun to someone and, and put it to their head and demand that they give me money. It doesn't matter what the reasons are. It doesn't matter if my grandmother's sick in the hospital. It doesn't matter if I really need to pay the rent. It doesn't matter. Whatever the reasons are, non-issue. It's the initiation of force that's a problem. And amongst the uh, libertarian movement... There are people that believe in the initiation of force, people who, in my opinion, aren't real libertarians. But they like to call themselves libertarians because, well, they just don't want to be associated with Republicans and Democrats for whatever reason. And they've found this other group that is, you know, kind of increasing in popularity, kind of cool to be a libertarian. So I'm going to call myself a libertarian, even though I don't actually believe in the principles that are behind the movement. Well, that's I, I think that, that you're taking a very extreme view. there. What do you mean? Well, is extreme? What's extreme? What is extreme? Your 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 statement there that um, the initiation of force principle that you have to abide by the initiation of force principle one hundred percent in order to be a libertarian. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the definition of a libertarian: yeah. someone well, who does not initiate force on others. I disagree. Um, with, or support that initiation. I disagree force. with your uh, you know private police force concept that we just discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're better off uh, espousing a you know c- continuing with a, a, some sort of police force like we have. Um, that police force would be. Probably funded in some way or another by tax money. Which Otherwise, is it would be a um, it would be a security company. That's if right. If it wasn't funded by tax money, right? Um, right. There are libertarians. So that, there are people like you that just can't let go of the use of force. Right. So therefore, um, are you saying I'm not a libertarian? I've said that plenty of times. I'm just I'll, I'll sure. say I'll say well, it again. You're not a we true do, libertarian. We do we do repetition you're, here. You claim you claim to be a libertarian, and you're darn close on pretty much every issue. But because you continue to support the initiation of force, by definition, you cannot possibly be a libertarian. Yeah, well, we're talking go. about anarchism versus minarchism, and and both are good. It's just a matter of which one you feel is better, because it's mu- both are much better than what we have now. I would agree with that. I mean, certainly, oh, yeah, I'll, take, I'll take the incremental steps. But I what I want to talk about here is the difference between those who espouse incrementalism versus those who espouse principle. And Anthony Gregory at LouRockwell.com recently was speaking to the Libertarian Party of California. I have uh, taken the liberty of truncating his speech because it's awfully long. Uh, but that's the issue that he addresses because uh, it's critical to people, to libertarians like me, the ones that don't believe in the initiation of force. This is a major issue, and it's a huge dividing factor in our movement, we still we still rally together and help each other out. Like I'm going to help out the minarchists if you know if I can get. A reduction in government, I'll take it. I'm not going to turn that down. But if I have to get an increase in government somewhere else to get a reduction in government in one place, nah, I'll step away from that because I can't support the initiation of force. 
Anyway, Mr. Gregory says, in considering the actual political reality we confront and the realistic potential for libertarian reform, we often hear that radical principle will just not do. For only through gradualism and electoral compromise can we expect to see liberty advance. Becoming too devoted to the non-aggression principle or the most radical applications of free market reasoning is seen as making the perfect the enemy of the good. Here and there, we must give the state an inch, we're told, or else we'll actually move further from our common goals. One important point is that America remains one of the freest civilizations in world history. We're, not told, uh, we're told not to forget this and become doomsayers. Certainly, we've more secure, uh, secure property rights than have been enjoyed by most human beings, either now or in the past. And this has led to a marvelous explosion of productivity in the United States and has continued to be one of the best real-world examples of freedom in action. Capitalism in America has produced a prosperity that the socialists of a century ago claimed was impossible. Their criticisms have accordingly shifted from a critique that markets could never provide the most basic needs of the common man to now a complaint that markets are producing too much. They offer us too many choices in that results in a decadent consumerism and other such nonsense. The reason America is not as free as it should be is that there just hasn't been enough principled libertarian thought in American history. And that's where we come in. To the extent that we do have freedom, it's because of the radicals of the past. To the extent that we have oppression, socialism, and imperialism, it's because of insufficient radicalism of the past. In an attempt to mix the libertarian instincts of the American Revolution with the statist values of corporate conservatism, centralized statism, mixed economics, policed morality, and continual foreign war. Some say we've lost liberty gradually, so we should seize it back gradually. Well, we should reclaim it in any amounts we can. See, he's being realistic there. But this understanding fails to note the stark degree to which libertarian gradualism in theory has been statist perpetuity in practice. And as he's going to point out here, basically libertarians watering down their message is doing more to harm the libertarian movement and the, the liberty movement in general than anything else that they could do. We'll talk about why. So, ding, ding. Gloves are off. That's Let's go. Right. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. The Packet8.net toll-free no, uh, line. Principle versus incremental gradualism. That's what we're talking about. Or you can bring up whatever you want. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want. Toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Packet8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean? By heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. And do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're talking about principle versus incremental gradualism. And that's sort of the debate that we have every night here on Free Talk Live. Yes, that's uh, how we do the show. Between Mark and myself, I'm the principled one. He's the unprincipled one. And <laughs> Whatever. So we're talking Practical, about... Practical, I like that term a little better. 
Yeah. Um, so we're talking about uh, the the idea of the use of force and how libertarians, some people calling themselves libertarians, have embraced that to some extent. Anthony Gregory over at LewRockwell.com points out that to this day, the, rever- the reverberations of aggression from past government policies are seen all around us. Each intervention has led to human suffering, which is why a holistic approach to thinking of the real world of politics is so crucial. Gun laws render victims less safe against madmen. We saw it. Um, example of that last week. FDA regulations have caused tens of thousands of Americans to die prematurely and in senseless pain, as we discussed last hour. Every single tax, every single regulation, every single act of government intruding into the natural order of free and voluntary human action leads to the destruction of wealth and the uh, diminution of freedom. The violence of the state, that privileged organization that monopolizes legal force, always injures someone somewhere no matter the well-intentioned ends to which it may be directed. To be an individualist and libertarian is to understand that no one anywhere should ever be aggressed against by anyone, and that the state is the principal form of institutionalized aggression in our world. But its effects and its causes are soon throughout culture. The state is a reflection of prevailing ideology. And that's sort of another way to say the people get the government they deserve. We just don't know better. We must change that ideology. First, we must understand it, which requires a deep appreciation of history, economics, and the dynamics of interpersonal affairs. In our time and country, the greatest threat to liberty is the warfare state and the ideology of warmongering. On this issue, many libertarians wish to embrace utilitarianism and shun moral principle. Now, this is something you're with me on, Mark, this particular issue. I understand, just like uh, General Smedley Butler did, that uh, you know, war is the health of the state. Trust the state. These people, these libertarians, these so-called pro-war libertarians like Neil Bortz and uh, Glenn Beck, uh, you can just go down the list. These people essentially trust the state to bring down and rebuild whole nations abroad when they wouldn't even trust that same state to build a public park down the block. Like the confused liberals of 120 years ago who came to adopt socialism, today's pro-war libertarian seeks to use statist means to achieve liberation. He also often ignores the degree to which the modern state is a creation of all of the wars of the past. The fact that almost everything about today's government can be traced back to the Civil War, World War I, World War II, or the Cold War. What has today's warfare regime done for freedom? Well, at home and at overseas bases, the Bush administration's attack on civil liberties has been staggering. Habeas corpus and the Fourth Amendment, they're gone. And Iraq is, if anything, worse off than before. The U.S. government has an imperial presence worldwide that's reviled and resented by most peoples. Though their governments have often been intimidated, bribed, or coerced into going along with the empire. Furthermore, well, a lot of their governments are happy to go along. Well, they're getting payments. Many mm-hmm. of them are. Yeah, that's true. Furthermore, the same government that has long banned guns in its own capital and assisted in rounding up personal weapons in Baghdad after the invasion of Iraq and in our own New Orleans after Katrina which we reported on here on Free Talk Live, has the largest arsenal of devices for slaughter ever consolidated into one place. Indeed, the destructive capacity of our government, the largest government of all time, is unspeakably evil. No institution should have the power to wipe out human life the way our supposedly free system does. You know, going back to uh, the issue where uh, Matt called in, his 87-year-old co-worker was worried that all of a sudden if government went away that his neighbors would start killing and raping one another... You know, at least then you have the ability to fight back against an individual who were to be attempting to rape you or kill you. But when a government drops a uh, an atomic bomb on a location, you've got no chance. 
<laughs> so the government can do so much more damage and has done so. I don't know if he mentions it, but I think the estimate was 200 million people were killed in the 20th century alone by governments. None of this is sustainable, says Anthony. The taxation, the welfare system, drug war, gun control, treating of, the human, uh, treating of human beings not as individuals with dreams and wants of their own, but as national resources. This is all an affront to human rights and the spontaneous orders of human interaction that spur progress, innovation, and wealth creation and allow for the precious flowering of scientific, artistic, emotional, and spiritual discovery of each and every individual soul. Libertarian principle helps explain the world, why some things seem to go so wrong and why so much has nevertheless gone right. It's also been libertarian principle that has led to the improvements that I've spoken of earlier, and there are others. As terrible as the current war on terror is, it's much milder than it would have been when people had less libertarian instincts on war. They didn't immediately institute the draft and throw all the Arabs into camps. They could have. They have not strategically bombed the Middle East the way they did Japan. They didn't abolish freedom the way they likely would have had Manhattan, um, had Manhattan been attacked in the 1910s or 1940s. There has been a resistance to government that we only have because of previous generations who dared to take on the Woodrow Wilsons and the Lyndon Johnsons. At the time, they were seen as hopeless idealists, kooks, or even traitors. Yet we owe much of our freedom to them, as we do the abolitionists and the radicals of the past. Libertarianism is forward-looking. We don't want the America of 200 years ago. In fact, a lot of people will accuse us of that. Because we talk, sometimes libertarians talk very favorably of returning to the Constitution. And so they say, what, you want to bring back slavery? No, that's not what we want at all. Uh, we don't want the America of even 100 years ago, or 50, or even 10 years ago. We seek a world where every individual can pursue happiness in the context of voluntary community and free markets. Well, I, I think that um, if the terminology you're using for libertarian for um, the purpose of this article is that you're saying basically people that believe in the non-initiation of force. Which, That's right. Um, when you boil that down, those are anarchists as far as I can tell. Whatever you want to call them, free okay. marketeers, Fine. libertarians. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to dispute the term. I'm just trying to get it understood, you know, use the language as it was meant. Um, so, you know, I I don't think it's um I don't know. You know, you're you're saying that those only those people have had uh, positive effects in uh, bringing liberty to America. I don't think so. I think that uh, people like myself who espouse a uh, uh you know, a, a more incremental approach we could claim that uh it wasn't the the anarchists at all that had any effect. It was in fact us. So, you know, that's I, I believe an invalid point to claim credit. The only problem with going incrementally sometimes is that if you don't do enough too soon when something's really messed up, mm -hmm. it'll appear that it's not working, and then people will, will say, oh, it doesn't work. See, let's go back to socialism. So yep. I, I understand the value in really just cutting away as much regulation and government as possible initially so that you can actually have some positive results. Sure, and sell there's a lot of people out there that, have, that, that want incremental change that isn't nearly fast enough for me. He's not talking, he's not saying that the idea people of 100 years ago were directly responsible for whatever reductions in government that we've seen. And we've seen some reductions in some places, we've seen some increases in other places. He's just saying it's the fact that they were out there pushing those ideas that helped move people in that direction in order to remove more government. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This 
is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got the uh, bulletin board system there with over 200,000 posts, over 13, actually over 1,400 people interacting. It's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival's better known as Porkfest. You'll find it's happening June 18th through the 24th, where you'll be able to socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, as well as attend leadership and activist training seminars. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Dot com. We're talking about incrementalism versus principle, uh, versus people like Mark, who are of an incremental mindset, a, a gradualist, and I guess, Wayne, you're still a minarchist as well, so you're sort of in that camp, too. Um, Guilty. Versus people like me that uh, would like to see the government go away entirely, the principled uh, ones who are considered radicals. And, Mark, you, you tried to discount the radicals uh, a few moments ago, but I think that you might agree that if it weren't for the radicals, the founding of this country might not have happened in quite the same way. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure that uh, you can legitimately say that um, the country was founded by anarchists. I didn't call them anarchists. I just called them radicals. They were radical thinkers for back then. Oh, for the time. Right. I'm talking about how radical thought, so-called radical thought, has an effect on all of society. After time has passed. I would say of all the founding fathers, if you looked at all of them individually and their political concepts, that the most radical of them would be Samuel Adams. And uh, Samuel Adams, uh, from what I understand, they nearly physically forced him to sign on um, right? with the uh, Continental Cong- Second Continental Congress. Like, it was just, it was it was He couldn't crazy. bring himself to do it, huh? Yeah, he hated it. Yeah. Um, he hated, hated, hated the idea. But um, so he was the most radical of them, and he was the one who really got the liberty movement rolling. I would say most of his followers, um, certainly the rest of the founding fathers, were probably more or less radical than he was. There's a lot of good. Um, there's a lot of good historical information in the original article, and I'll post a link to that on our BBS later on tonight. I just had to. I mean, I cut out half of this article, mm-hmm. so um, I'm just talking about more. I collected more of the uh, the paragraphs that have to do with the incrementalism versus principle issue. He points out that libertarians are seeking a world where every individual can pursue happiness in the context of voluntary community and free markets. Will we ever get there? Perhaps not. But only by aiming for the ideal, by holding fast to our principles and constantly re-examining them and then challenging ourselves always to appreciate the lessons of liberty as much as we possibly can, only by being principled can we hope to move toward our goals. Only by principles can we even define our goals in the first place and know if we're moving in the right way. Until people are more favorable um, toward freedom, no election of one person or another can bring about a massive retrenchment of the state. And I think that that is really the point, is because um, when you talk about freedom and liberty, it's an extreme thing to hear you talk, um, you know, about no police, no... uh, No government police. No... Don't put words in my mouth. Fine. No government, period. That just... A a lot of people aren't going to listen to that. And if they don't listen, you can't get your message out. You can't get a little bit of it out. I'm at least giving them little bits, little bite-sized bits that they can take and um, internalize and understand. And then they can listen to things like 
I mean, I can at least sit here and listen to what you say without freaking out. I think the average person <laughs> freak out when they hear you yeah. time or, or be convinced, one of the two. All the more reason to stay tuned and hear what comes next. And there's so many misconceptions about the word anarchy. It's true. Sure. That, well, we don't generally use that term for You're Ian. the one that uses it. Uh, well, I over need, and over we again. We need to define it. I mean, I don't... Define th- what? The term. Anarchy? Well, look... I don't like defining it over and over again, because I don't like being called an anarchist. Well, look, if you're going to single out people that aren't libertarians, and you're going to take the title of libertarian for yourself and leave me without one, I have to... You could call yourself a semi-libertarian. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm a libertarian. You are an anarchist. That's the difference. Or a free marketeer or whatever you want to be. But, you know, no... Not no no not really libertarianism and you can this guy can say whatever he wants and you guys can talk about your little mm-hmm. uh, oath but the fact right. is the etymology we took the oath and you didn't I I, I right. clicked on it when there was that one month free membership thing that they had or whatever yeah, obviously it meant a lot to you well w- you know I would be overjoyed if we could split the difference uh, in the real world between Ian and Mark that would probably be a pretty s- nice spot we could be in right. <laughs> Rather, I take it. Rather than where Mark is compared to Obama, for example. Yeah, absolutely. I think you'd be better off with me than Obama for, for by a long shot. Yes. Um, Mark now, for president. Uh, yeah, well, that's going to happen. <laughs> Let me continue, Mark. When I wanted to go um, go on. How about the ed- besides the oath? Uh, you know, that's that's so important to the Libertarian Party, and therefore makes one a libertarian. How about the etymology of the word? What is a libertarian? A person who believes in liberty. Right. That's all. And liberty is the absence of coercive force, sir. You don't have to believe in all liberty everywhere in order to be a libertarian. Well, technically you do. No, technically you don't. I love how the noob to the movement is now redefining the uh, the word libertarian. I I believe in liberty. I do. Right. Except here and there on these in particular s- issues. Small, small areas. Well, we must be forward We've looking. got a word for what you are. We need a word for what I am. Minarchist. Minarchist and is the word. nothing to anyone. Well, th- you know what? Then you get to define it. Yeah. Great. All right. Go look it up on the wiki. So we must be forward looking and never lose sight of the massive oppression in our time. We must jump for joy at all triumphs of freedom, no matter how small, and condemn any and all attacks on freedom. It might seem like a matter of academic frivolity, but any small change can mean the difference of freedom or imprisonment for one priceless and irreplaceable human being somewhere. In economic terms, a single small change can mean a family well-fed or a child going hungry. Freedom's most often stolen by the state in the name of freedom. Let us not contribute to these misconceptions. We don't believe in a slightly cheaper version of the U.S. police state or a more smoothly running welfare state, or private companies doing the bidding of politicians abroad on our dime. We don't need the mercantilism of our founding fathers that our founding fathers revolted against. And we also don't need the gradualism in theory that led them to tolerate slavery, tariffs, and inequality between the sexes under the law, as well as the horrible crimes against the American Indians. The libertarian... uh, I could make the debate... And certainly that was the debate being had at the time, that there would be no United States of America had um, Samuel Adams stuck to those principles. Well, I, would that necessarily have been bad? I mean, I maybe it would have gone better be for us. All I'm saying... Who knows what it would have happened? Who knows? But, that you know, that, I think that... Now we're speculating. Yeah. now, But, but I, could, I could speculate the liberty movement would have died. And I could speculate that it would have bloomed into right. wonderful things. Mm-hmm. 
The Libertarian Party used, though, I think you're probably more more correct. I don't know. Who knows? Because more people just didn't believe in freedom. I mean, it's just it's just wasn't it wasn't as popular back then as it's still not that popular today. So I don't know. There just aren't as many libertarian thinkers. Some some values, though. I mean, if you think about the average person in the 1770s and what their life was like, they didn't pay a lot of taxes. They didn't have police in their neighborhoods. If, if they saw a soldier, a redcoat, I mean, that's a big deal. And these redcoats raped and killed, and everybody knew it. Right. So there's um, – I'm not I'm they not had more liberty, But they had more liberty, but that doesn't mean that the, they understood a white, liberty. A white 21-year-old landowning male absolutely had uh, more liberty. Right. They may not have had – Blacks uh, and women, not so much. Liberty granted Indians. by the governments. Now, if, if you think about liberty is granted by technology, we certainly have a great deal more. Right. So but, there's ups, there have been ups and downs in the mm-hmm. past 200 years. I think it's very difficult to make those uh, assumptions. And then if you, think, um, if, if, if you think about Robert Wicks, he loves to bring up the point that, look, you can't talk about how great liberty was um, in the 1750s to a black man. Right. You just can't. Absolutely. They do not want to hear that crap. But some you of can them t- see... What you can do is talk about how great liberty would be for you in your life, whoever mm-hmm. you are, and mm-hmm. talk about all the benefits and the perks that if we cut government way, way, way down or eliminated it entirely, eliminated it, then you'd have all sorts of benefits, including a lot more money in your pocket. The Libertarian Party used to be called radical on the drug war, and yet it now runs candidates who have softened their rhetoric against it, even as the prisons grow and public opinion turns against prohibition. The Libertarian Party used to be seen as reflexively anti-war, but now it almost seems at times to be more pro-war than the American population, which now at least realizes that there are limits to power even when politicians are well-intentioned but also that politicians frequently aren't well-intentioned, and that all this applies to war at least as much as domestic policy. In fact, these are reasons why I've walked away from the Libertarian Party. I, as someone who, as as a lifetime member, have just essentially bailed out and said, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, that's the party. You've lost your principles. More on the way. 800-259-9231. Principle or incrementalism? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Buy some stuff at our store. Store Store.freetalklive.com is the place to go. Lots of merchandise, uh, pretty good prices, and really good quality. Because this is not cheap crap that we're selling at the Free Talk Live store. I think you're really going to like the, the items. So far, everyone has really enjoyed the stuff that they've bought. So we are introducing brand new items, including the 2 gigabyte Free Talk Live multi-gadget that not only plays MP3s, but stores files as a flash drive. It's an, M- if it's, it's an FM tuner as well. In addition to being a voice recorder, that's less than 60 bucks, And it's Free Talk Live branded, so it's extra cool. There are two Free Talk Live hoodies, one zippered, one pullover style. Uh, those are very nice. The Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt, specially cut to fit the ladies, uh, also and available in two colors. Plus the Free Marketeer shirt, the, uh, the lighter bottle opener combo, and the brand new Free Marketeer beanie cap. All of those brand new items in pre-order phase right now at store.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the conflict that happens frequently on this show, and that is the conflict between those who have principles, me, and those who don't. More pra- oh, the, the more practical ones. Yeah, practical, if, uh, if you mean by practical, 
those who want to use force on others to achieve their uh, their goals. You mean like um, a, a lot less force than's currently being used? That's in, true. In but government. some force nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about here. Anthony Gregory gave a speech recently to the Libertarian Party of California, essentially chastising them to an extent uh, for turning away from their principles, which is the reason why I've essentially walked away from the Libertarian Party as well. And I'll, I would I would say that the Republican Liberty Caucus is more liberty minded than the Libertarian Party. Now, based on what? B- based on my experience inside the Re- Republican Liberty Caucus. I mean, have you I, had experience inside the Libertarian Party? Um, I have seen that they. Uh, we've talked about it a great deal on the show, and I read their uh, war policy. Their, um, you know, their right. what they released on the war. Anybody who would release that gobbledygook is not very <laughs> liberty-minded, from what I can tell. Well, either way, I'll support whoever supports liberty. If there's a candidate on the ballot, whether they be Democratic Freedom Caucus, Republican Liberty Caucus, or Libertarian Party, I'll support whoever is the most pro-liberty. But actually spending time doing party things like going to a party convention or party meetings, I'm out. So, And that's because they've gotten away from their principle. And as Anthony Gregory points out, he says, restoring the principle, uh, retreating from principle, is a horrible strategy for effecting positive change. A watered-down message is not going to get you votes either, since such rhetoric can be found in the Republican Party. I ask you all to recommit yourself to our principles daily. It'll seem futile only if you look at things in a very short term. As an analogy, we might never get rid of murder completely, but there's no reason not to oppose it outright. One day, moral principles pay off, if gradually, as more and more people question the fundamental ethical assumptions that allow the status quo to persist. But only fundamental challenges can lead to such changes in society. That an economic law, which dictates that no socialist structure can maintain beyond a certain point. The limits of governmental power and the wonders of human nature are on our side in the long term. Let's speed the process along by telling the truth, by opposing all statism, all socialism, and all aggressive welfare, or warfare, either way. Uh, by constantly rededicating ourselves to the principles of individual rights and life, liberty, and property. Insofar as we have the blessings of liberty, it's because these ideas have caught on. Insofar as we don't, it's because they haven't. Now, spreading the message does require an understanding of activism. We do need to be willing to work with others, to explain our ideas with different arguments for different audiences, to reach out to elements of the so-called left as well as the so-called right. Libertarians like to take sides in the culture war, and it's indeed crucial to recognize the importance of culture and social opinion, which are what allow the state to persist in the first place. But as it concerns activist outreach, we need to work harder to reach all potentially persuaded segments of the population. We indeed should reach people of the so-called cultural fringe. We also need to do a much better job addressing mainstream America. I believe it's very possible for libertarian candidates to spread the message of freedom in a highly persuasive manner for different audiences, all without watering down their principles. And they used to do that. Harry Brown was not someone who watered down his principles. Harry Brown would never have suggested moving the troops to another country, which is what the Libertarian Party's little solution for Iraq was. Oh, we'll move some troops out now and put them over in some other countries and uh, send some foreign aid over there. He would have never taken that position. And now their candidates do. The time is ripe for a change in social awareness about the benefits of freedom and follies of the state. The left isn't as anti-market as it once was. The right isn't as bad in some ways either. Most Americans are fed up with the war, and they want some answers. Young people don't trust Social Security and aren't as blind to police brutality as previous generations. Central planning for its own sake is less blindly accepted, and there's a lot of reason to be hopeful of getting more people to listen to what we have to say. 
Now's not the time to tone down our inspiring and beautiful message of liberty and the hope that it brings for all of humanity. So, um, I'm not going to tone my message down. And who would suggest that you would? I hope you get even more radical. It's, I don't. Could I get more radical at this point? I, don't I suppose think you it's could possible. become. You know, like you could become a, a pacifist and not uh, be. You know, for uh, I violence can't, in any I way. I can't see any reason why I would become a pacifist. I don't see any reason why you would either. You know, I think one reason why Ron Paul is so appealing, and one reason why the media is blacking him out, is he's one of the few that has abided by his principles, and therefore he hasn't had to flip flop on anything because he's not out uh, sniffing the wind to see what the. The, the currents are doing right. politically. Mm-hmm. He's standing by his principles and everything he does and every vote he makes or doesn't make. And, and therefore, now he has a very strong voting record, a mm-hmm. very strong record of his speeches, where it, it's no, nothing's changed with him in the last 20 years. Right. And that's that's really important, is, is adhering to that. That way they can't back you into a corner and say, Aha! See? You do support government. You do support forcing others to do things. You just support them in your own little way. And I don't, I don't ever want to be able to be pushed back into that corner. And if I adhere to principle, there's no way I can possibly be pushed into that corner. And me becoming a pacifist, I'm frothing at the mouth just to shoot my AK. I still haven't, <laughs> I still haven't gone out to actually shoot this weapon that I've uh, purchased. I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Sean in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello. Hey, Sean. Hey. What's on your mind? Oh, not too much. Just wanted to talk about the FDA. Sorry to jump back subject. Sure. Um, but I think it's something that uh, you and Mark can uh, agree on. Um, oh, we agree possibly. on a lot, Mark and I. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to suggest that uh, what I want to be, what I think the FDA does is it prevents private regulation of medicine and uh, and drugs. Yes, it does. Uh, and what I would like <laughs> to see is uh, private regulation, similar to the way our private in, uh, our private universities are accredited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to see medicine and drugs have private organizations that are competing that accredit, you know, drugs and doctors. Abs- absolutely. And, uh, like the UL yes, of medicine. Exactly, well, UL. And you have competing agencies, uh, private agencies, that can certify the safety of drugs without any FDA interference. And if they start to get lax or corrupt, then people will stop using them because their, their name won't mean anything in the marketplace exactly. anymore. Now, doesn't the, F, uh, doesn't the uh, Consumer Reports already have a big book called the, called the Drug Book um, that they by which they do this already and... Um, so, I mean, you know, that's already sort of happening a little bit. And if we get the FDA out of the way, I don't understand how um, anyone can believe that, that, you know, Americans would be unprotected. Snake oil will be sold on the shelves of Walmart. You know, I can I, snake oil certainly was sold at one point. Um, it will. It's, it's sold today. It, it, it absolutely is. It's still safer than a lot of drugs that are out there. <laughs> snake oil won't kill Because it's sugar water, a lot of it. You know, yeah. That's what it is. And it's less expensive. Well, for me, Sean? Well, for me, uh, I, I mean... Any type of drug that I want to take or go to a doctor, I want that doctor to be really into evidence-based medicine. Um, and the way I think that the competing organizations would work is that they would compete on mortality rates. Um, basically, like if, uh, if you get the stamp of approval from this accredited organization and their mortality rate's much higher than this other one, then the market can decide, you know, well, this company's got a really good stamp of approval from this really good scientific organization. They do really well. They, they, re- they regulate them really well. And I want my money to go to that organization as opposed to these other ones that have more shady uh, accreditation. 
Plus, I think the uh, you know the standards are going to be better as well because competition will be a factor instead of people just sort of pawning off their decision to purchase something on Absolutely. oh well it's FDA approved so it right. must be safe. Yeah, the, F- the FDA is basically one stop shopping for all those who want to control the medical system. Sean, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean the the thing is is that pharmaceutical companies and doctors would have so much a, a, such a larger incentive to do well for their patients because. It's not just a matter of getting the, the government stamp of approval, and, you know, that can mean just getting a fine or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it could mean that they lose their label, which means they could, their business will drop off, which that's a much larger incentive, losing your job, as opposed to, well, we're just going to get this fine and whatever. Right, and, and well, doctors aren't going to recommend a medicine or a solution unless it's got that, that seal of approval on it. I know if I'm doing business and, and I've got people's lives in my hands, I'm not going to recommend something questionable to them. I'm going to recommend something that's been vetted, has been tested, and approved by a private third-party testing group. Maybe more than one. Yeah, and they'll be more efficient at getting things approved that are safe. Oh, it'll take and months. And more responsible. It'll, it'll take less than a year instead of ten. It'll probably take a few months, and, you know, then there like, will be a risk period where you sort of are taking a risk, and then they'll know more after that. And Darn it, let people be free to make their own choices with their bodies. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate your call. Hour number three is coming up. Paul in Missouri, hopefully he'll hang on. And your calls about whatever's on your mind, this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. As we launch into hour number three, you can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. Unlike those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites, we do it free. freetalklive.com. To the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to Paul in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paul. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. I'm a brand-new listener uh, today. I'm very impressed with your show. Great. Thanks. What's uh, on your mind? I'd li- like to point out that I'm a lucky individual who has a direct phone line to Ron Paul. I've kept wow. in contact with him for a couple of years now. And I'd, I'd like to ask you guys a couple of questions. If you heard of the NAFTA superhighway. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, what about it? Why is it such a secret and no one knows anything about it, and they've already signed some of the bills in the House and Senate for it, and not a person knows anything about it. I've even talked to people that work for the local, uh, let's say, like the the, the road crews and the, their supervisors for things like this, and they have not nary even the slightest idea of what's going on with that. Uh, they have their own money devised for the NAFTA superhighway. They're going to take sovereignty away with your property. It's going to go right through here. We, I happen to be on a straight line that goes up to Kansas City, Missouri, mm-hmm. and it'll go right through here, this superhighway. What's, what's different between about this highway from any other? I mean, you know, generally... Uh, you know, why should anyone know about? I don't know about any other highway that's going through. Only this one. Um, the government takes land for highways all the time. Why am I? Why should I be worried about this one? Considering the size of the highway, it I'm going to have to just elaborate on this. It's considered to be like uh, immense on both sides, like eight lanes on both sides going mm-hmm. to and fro. Only not only is it going to go north and south, it's going to go east and west. And it's going to merge Mexico with the United States and Canada, and then they will have their own military policing 
which will, you know... Have Who's their military? The Who's military? The United States military will be on yes, the... Yes, uh, they're going to use state and, you know, and federal together on this. And it's, it's going to kind of be like either you go along with this or you're in no man's land. And what this will do is, is corporations are going to jump on this and people that own stores that, are, you know, go off the interstate with all this stuff like this are going to be part of this. You're either going to be part of this or you're not going to be part of this. Now, I can give you a good example of that. It's called Old Highway 66. Mm-hmm. And if you go through Highway 66 now in my part of the country, it's just vast and desolate. There were people that didn't want to go along with the merging into the other highway systems, like, you know, 70 across, you know, east and west across our country, and therefore they lost their entire livelihoods. Right. If you go along now, uh, the old Route 66 in a lot of, a lot of states, exactly. you'll find that it's just, uh, you know, it's cracked and, and difficult exactly. to drive on. Um, I mean, there's some pieces of it that have been preserved, and it's, and it's nice, but it, that's kind of rare. But you can find exactly. um, all kinds of businesses there that are, are essentially just wasting away. Now, I don't know exactly. that those businesses um, deserve anyone's uh, business. I, you know, I mean, a better highway came along. I guess I have a – I don't know. You're, what you're getting into here is the problem with government roads all all exactly. around. Exactly. Well, also, he's sort of he hasn't really come out and, and pointed out that the sort of overarching concept behind this road that we've heard about is the idea, and I don't know how soon this is going to happen, I don't know how serious they are about it, but certainly a lot of people are talking about it, including Ron Paul, uh, the mm-hmm. idea that the uh, governments of Canada, the United States, and, the, and Mexico are going to form some sort of a North American Union, a la the yes. European Union, introduce a new fiat currency to replace the yes. ailing dollar, so everyone will be distracted from how bad the dollar was, and they'll get all excited about, ooh, new colorful currency, or whatever yes. it is they'll do, you know, they'll make it colors, and then everybody will be, oh boy, and uh, they won't realize the, uh, the, you know, the shell game that's being pulled on them. I'd like to identify one of my sources for a lot of the things that I get my information from. I am a citizen of Great Britain. I moved to this country when I was four. But my uncle still works for Scotland Yard over there, and one of his best friends works for Mossad. Are you familiar with what Mossad is? Isn't that the uh, Israeli... Intelligence CIA. Police. That's right. It's like the Israeli CIA. They're 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 terrific. Many people are absolutely horrified of what they can do, and they are. They could kill a man uh, with a paperclip. <laughs> that's right. They are something else. Now, um, it's uh, it's pretty grave. Uh, some of the things that they have that have been going on. I want to just get out of that for a second, and I want to ask you a question about a place that I've learned a lot about here in this country. It's called Bohemian Grove, and. Are you guys familiar with that? Yeah, it's a camp for rich people. Yes, is that all it is? Twisted though? rich people. Yeah, I mean there are things. There's there have been videos that have come out of there yes. um, that show that there's some little <laughs> ceremony that they do that involves uh, the, no, they call the it the owl. creation of care and there's an owl right. that they worship creation or whatever. And that right. owl is a 40 foot tall stone owl that is the same owl that they used to worship in ancient Babylonian Yeah, it's all, days, it's, all which, it's a little weird, but what about yes. it? And Babylonia, where is Babylonia? That is Iraq. I'd like to remind people that people forget what Babylonia is. That is Iraq. The reason why they went to Iraq, some of the things that they're doing over there, is taking their artifacts, their religious artifacts that they use in ceremonies. Well, I don't now, know if that's really. I, know, I don't know if that's really the case. That sounds like an allegation. Wild, well, know, well, there was I, a story when, when we first, uh, when the United States first invaded Iraq, where some of the museums were basically pillaged. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. So you're suggesting that it was the military that pillaged the museums in order to give uh, artifacts over to no George Bush? No one knows. I have but... a friend that works for Blackwater over there. If you look and see who the Bushes were, Prescott Bush helped Adolf Hitler. Prescott Bush himself, not Prescott, but his son, George Sr., mm-hmm. actually went and stole Geronimo's skull at Fort Sill down in Oklahoma. Do you know what's, that? Uh, just what's <laughs> the relevance of all this? I mean, are you trying to point out that the elites in America are just a bunch of weirdos? Because, I mean, okay, so weirdos. what? They're, 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 they're satanic, if you want to use that term. Well, so what? I mean, so I don't believe in God or Satan, so how's that relevant? But it doesn't matter if you're atheist. Right. How's it, how's they, it relevant? Do, they, they have these ceremonies. They do these these horrible things. Nine one one was a, a part of all this. They've done these things to people. You can see now, what they're doing out there. Is it okay for people to go out there and worship a forty foot tall stone owl that they used to sacrifice children? Sure it is. To that, 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 sure it is. That in and of itself doesn't bother me. But let me ask you this question, Paul. Um, do you think that uh, uh, corporations are in bed with the government to con- control us? Of course. Do you think some of those corporations, largely those corporations that have the most power that are in bed, are probably banks? Uh, of course. Look at Paul Wolfowitz. Okay. Yes. I, no, no. I, I don't need you to defend it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to, trying to go along a thought process here. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Now, uh, do you think that those, uh, do you think you know the name? You, those are some specific people, and you might know the names of some of them. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I've got the phone number to the Bohemian Grove. Now, do you think that the possibility <laughs> exists that those people with those names are actually lizard people from space? Now, there you go right there. Now, you're going to try to assert no, no. something like that. I'm crazy. not asserting anything so at all, and... Paul. No, no, no. What I'm okay. saying is is this story, everybody's got their little um, their little yes. place on the line where they Absolutely. where they, where it stops for them. I would assert right. I would agree with you that there's probably bankers that um, you know that are very in mm-hmm. bed with the government mm-hmm. and that's kind of mm-hmm. where I stop. I just can't mm-hmm. believe that one family or a couple of few families managed to control mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. and that they're satanic. It's just too much for me. And the lizard thing is too much for you. But some people believe it. It's 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 amazing how you will see that if you go to England where I'm from, if mm-hmm. you go to the square in London, you look around, you see dragons all over the place. Why do you they know, have those all over the place? Why do it's they the have lizard people. statues of them? <laughs> so you do believe in the lizard people, then? Absolutely. I do know David Icke personally. Unbelievable. I know Are, really? I, how it's, nuts is that, dude? Well, Come on. It's nuts-sounding, but do you think that just the concepts of the Bible are nuts, too? Do yeah, you know it's just an old book, sir. The Bible, how incredible they are? It's an old book written by some people hundreds of years ago, and the idea that there are lizard people completely discredits anything that just came out of your mouth, and I'm sorry <laughs> that you had to say that. Thanks for the call, Paul. 800-259-9231. You know, it, just, it, it just goes to show that everybody has their own belief on that line. Yeah. That's all. Well, sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction, but, you know... I just haven't seen enough evidence that there's really <laughs> lizard people. But out David there. Icke said so. Well, well, you know, I went to and the he wrote a book. meeting last month. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's beyond what I can believe. That's for sure. <laughs> also, I don't want to be know, mean to the guy. I like. I, I, I sounds sounds like he. You know, people like very Paul. People, people like that guy that was just on the phone. They spend their lives looking into this. Oh, look, there's Masonic uh, symbols in Washington, D.C. They're on the backs of the dollar bills. They're worshiping Moloch in the forests of California. There are lizard people everywhere. I mean, they just go on and on and just down this spiraling path of insanity. That's right. When really what they're talking about doesn't have any bearing on whether government gets any smaller. It, it doesn't. That's right. what the real issue is. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. Live streams included a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version await you completely free at freetalklive.com. And April is Financial Literacy Month. Give the child in your life financial literacy, be they son, daughter, or sibling. A kid's journey to getting rich. By Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com, 800-657-5066. You know, I'm almost regretting letting Paul go uh, because... You know, I, we've never had one of these lizard people um, at least admitting to us, uh, one of these lizard people believers admitting to us on the air that that's something that they believe in. Someone who actually thinks that there are lizard people masquerading as human beings running the government and walking amongst us and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about it, but we've got other callers on the line and he already had an entire segment. So maybe Paul will call back in some night to tell us all about how there are really lizard people living among us. I'd like to see it. I'd like to, I'd like to see them more I would from have human. to see it, is what that, that would have to be. It would be like a Free Talk Live coast-to-coast moment. Uh, we'll call Art Bell and have him on the line. Maybe he can comment. We should be so lucky. Let's uh, go to the phones and talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hi, guys. Um, I'm almost sad to, to see him go, too, because I was having a great laugh while I was on hold. <laughs> um, I, I did have... Uh, one that I was going to bring up, and the second one popped in my mind, so let me get to the first one first. All right. Yesterday, there was a uh, discussion about um, commercial free radio, I believe. Yes. Um, and how that it may uh, it, it may change things around for, for radio. Uh, I have a problem with the whole commercial free concept. Really? And that is, you know, yes, and this is my uh, line of logic here. We have people, especially on the satellite, you know, I'm I'm actually bringing satellite the listeners into the, into this fold here. They can't distinguish between limited commercials and free uh, commercial free. Um, for example, if you've been watching the news, uh, the business section, I believe uh, XM is getting a class action lawsuit because some guy did not like station identification markers placed on separate channels. Mm. What? Yeah. So because um, in the middle of uh, of a Bob Dylan song between going into another song, they'll say, you're listening to XM173, the Bob Dylan only channel, or whatever, right. something like that. They consider, they're right, considering right. that an interruption? Right. Bill, Bill, uh, this guy was, was saying that commercial free shouldn't mean commercial free, meaning you shouldn't be plugging anything. Uh, oh, gosh. You know, Give the guy a refund and send him packing. Yeah, no know, doubt. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I'm thinking this is going to be like a dangerous slur, uh, slope here for, for uh, terrestrial radio as well. Um, you know... Yeah, but there's no contract with uh, with terrestrial radio. With uh, your AM and FM station, you're just flipping on the uh, the tuner in your car. You're not actually signing an agreement to pay $9 a month. True. You do have a point there. I'm... Um, uh, the big thing around here is the HD FM uh, craze around here. That's a big and, thing where you are? Well, I'm in the middle of nowhere, man. I mean, heck, where I live, if it rains, I need, like, uh, nowhere to build me an ark. So I'm, like, miles from the city, and it just actually just rolled out here, uh, like, within the last 
two or three months. So you're saying that because it's a smallish sort of an area that HD is a big thing? Because pretty much right. everywhere right. else in the country, people don't even know what HD is. I'm shocked that it's big. Yeah, it's, it, it's like I said, it just rolled out in, in, well, actually, in the Oklahoma City market, but mm-hmm. I can't pick up a lot of the radio stations out in the boonies. Uh, but it just rolled out in the Oklahoma City market here uh, within the last few months, and it's become a big deal. And a lot of people are getting kind of ticked because they're doing this kind of thing or testing this kind of marketing strategy on the HD side, and people are going, I paid $200 for a receiver to listen to this, and they get you know, they get kind of ticked off. And, and So know, wait, what exactly are they uh, – wait, what are they angry about exactly, the lack well, of good paid- programming? No, they're having to pay for the receiver, right? Because the the, you know, the, the well, they didn't have to. It's not mandatory. Well, no. Well, they've been plugging it and plugging it and plugging it. You know, you need to go if you want to hear more of our exciting new programming. You need to get the HD quality, blah blah blah. Right. So they go out and they spend two hundred bucks at Walmart or whatever, get this thing installed, and then they're hearing commercials. Like they they felt like they've been misled. I see. Yeah, there are and, some uh, there are some companies that are sort of launching their HD channels commercial free, but down the line they plan on adding commercials to those uh, to those channels. How else are they going to pay for all? And that I guess stuff? some I guess some aren't even bothering with the the commercial free launch. They're just launching right into to uh, commercials. I mean, if they're claiming that they're commercial free and then they're actually not commercial free, then that's certainly an issue worth getting a little bit upset about. I could understand that. Right, right, and I, I guess that's what you know. They say commercial free, but I, I guess what I, I guess the, what my bottom line is, what do they consider commercial free? Sure, I'm not going to be listening to maybe you know the McDonald's jingle, but right. you're still you're still flagrant. It's like that whole thing in television where you know they weren't doing commercials; they were like doing uh, product uh, product placement. Uh, yeah. Yeah, product placement. Right. They're going to still uh, be talking about advertisers. They're just not going to have the pre-recorded spots. That's what's right. uh, that's what the plan is. And and so far it's only at one station in Dallas, Texas. They're experimenting with it. Will it expand out from here? Uh, only time will tell. But nonetheless, um any interesting. Any final thoughts for us, Bill? Well, actually I just want to touch upon one other thing that I thought was humorous. Uh apparently the next uh independent presidential hopeful is going to be coming from MySpace. Coming from MySpace? Yes. Uh, Mark Br- Brunette, for those who are not familiar, he's the one that's given us the mind-numbing shows like The Apprentice and uh, Survivor has taken uh, another endeavor in which he's going to be uh, in works with MySpace to create a reality series called uh, Independent. And I guess the premise from what I've read is that they're going to find somebody uh, out of a cast of thousands hmm. to be trying to push them on to an independent ticket for maybe 2008, I don't know, maybe 2012. Well, we'll see how it I works think it's out. a great idea. Yeah, you know, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. And, and Bill, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. He brought up HD radio, which I'm surprised that that's an issue anywhere. I'm surprised people even know it exists. Well, I believe in the power of radio advertising, and many radio stations are pushing their HD channels. So I think that you're going to you're going to see people go out to get these HD radios. Some of them are pushing it, but they're not really informing people. They'll run a little promo during uh, their music that says, you know, 97X, now in HD. And unless you know what HD is, and most people do not. Well, like I was less just, than a percentage of a percentage of the American people have any even concept of what HD might be. I was just in um, New York City, and I, I was listening to them, and they ba- ba- came in with a promo that was had to have been 15 seconds long that basically told people to go out and buy an HD radio. 
I understand and how to that. do that. Okay, but did they explain the benefits as to why they Clearer were to? sound and blah blah blah? Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, we'll see how HD pans out. It's a new technology. It's got some issues. Uh, for instance, the signal patterns don't go as far. Mm-hmm. So a radio station that you can receive and hear fairly clearly, maybe with a little bit of static, you wouldn't get the signal if that were an HD signal. Right. It's, a, it's an almost immediate drop-off. Right. It's, it's on or off. It's digital. Mm-hmm. So you're either getting enough information to get the signal or you're not. So if you're getting 97%, you're done. You, know, you just can't get it. So we'll see what happens with that. And the receivers are way too expensive for most people right now. Um, they're working on Im- on implementing price-cutting sort of actions, but people just aren't buying these things. I mean, the it's only a- people that have HD radios are radio general managers in their offices. That's pretty much it. We're on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, and that does include updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com. We'll get you on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Porkfest.com. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Jim in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian hey guys, and Mark. How's it going? Hey. Hi, Jim. Going great. What's on your mind? Well, we just kicked off some Ron Paul campaigning today. Great. What happened? Out here in New Hampshire, we um, McCain was in town, and uh-huh. so we went to. Uh, he came to Portsmouth, and we went down to Portsmouth and uh, had our Ron Paul signs and uh-huh. uh, brochures to hand out. Great. And, so you were uh, actually out at in front of the rally. Is that where you were for the McCain rally? Yes, uh, we were there with the peace protesters. Oh, excellent. Yes, that was kind of funny. We actually outnumbered them by a bit, and we handed them some pamphlets. They were interested in that. Yeah, I was going to say, how well received was Ron Paul amongst the peace protesters? Um, well, a lot of those guys were kind of staunch Democrats at, at the Portsmouth rally, but then we went to Manchester and I talked to some of the guys there, and I made the point that, because I was in the military, mm-hmm. and I said the Democrats sent us to war just as often as the Republicans. Sure and I started yelling and screaming about how, yeah, he hated both sides. And um, he was really interested in Ron Paul because, you know, he was consistently against foreign intervention. So. He sure is. Now, how many uh, people did you guys get out there today? Well, we had about uh, 15 at Portsmouth, uh, about half kids, half adults. Wow. And, um, yeah, there was about 150 people actually showed up, so 10% of the people there were Ron Paul kind of protesters. That's pretty cool. Did, yeah, uh, awesome. did, uh, did old John McCain see you? Did he, like, arrive in his limousine and uh, he couldn't avoid seeing you, or did he sort of sneak in the back way? Well, no, he came in with the uh, John McCain Straight Talk Express. He mm. came in a bus, and so, yeah, he definitely saw us. We had a, well, Manchester, we were up front with our signs, and so everybody saw us at Manchester, mm-hmm. and it was great. We had another 15 totally different people show up for that one. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it was it was quite awesome. Great and, job. Um, I've, I've never even heard of activism like that going on as far as uh, supporting a, 
candidate that isn't one of the major, uh, I guess, the, the major players in the, in the race. Yeah, and, I mean, it's and, awesome. and we weren't part of the official campaign or anything. We just went out because we figured if we want to get some press for a minor candidate in front of the, you know, the best thing is to go to the major candidates and uh, Makes some sense. So that's what we did. Yeah. Absolutely. Try, try to get some other thunder, you know? Good job, Jim. Any yeah, other thoughts? Yeah, it was mainly free, a lot of free staters out there, so they were you know, making their name name heard there. It, you know what? The Free State Project is making a difference. It's There's no doubt about it. Jim, thanks for the call. We appreciate the update. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Chris in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey. What's on your mind? Um, I overheard the guy talking about um, the Internet president. Yeah. And, uh, I called in like a few weeks ago. I'm the the abstinent guy who uh, is running for president on the internet. You're abstinent and you're running for uh, president. Well, yeah, I called in a few weeks ago and I was talking. I don't about think stuff. you called our show. Oh yeah, <laughs> I called your show. Okay, you okay. guys laughed at me. Great, because so, you were abstinent. No, no, you guys were talking about abstinence or something, and I just said that like um, I'm abstinent, like not by choice. Well, I am but, too. Uh, I'm married. Huh? <laughs> I am too. I'm married. Oh yeah, so I hear. So what about it? What about what the your candidacy president? or whatever? I mean, what what did what was on your mind? Oh well, he was just talking about like the the internet president. So I thought I'd call and say that like that I'm running, <laughs> but I'm I'm not going to get anywhere because oh I yeah, have... I remember your call. You weren't old enough to run for president, right? Yeah, that's right. And I also don't have money either. So and you got to have money to you know <laughs> pr- the presidency is pretty much bought anyway. Yeah, well, to be certainly to be a player, uh, the more money you have, the the more helpful that is. But you never you you never really were able to explain to us how exactly you were going to run for president, considering you don't even meet the first qualification, and that is that you're not 35 years old yet. Well, that can be changed. Did the qualification? Yeah. Wouldn't that require an amend, amending of the constitution? Yeah. Yeah, and enough people enough tough. people get behind that, and it'll happen. It's true. It's true. I think you're going to have an easier time raising some money and waiting ten years because, like, by the time they actually do get around to changing something like that, you'd be old enough. Well, the whole point of what I was the whole point of that whole thing is that you really do uh, the president really does have to have money. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Even if you don't if you don't have money, then you have to be backed up by someone who does have money. And it's true. That's, that's Absolutely not what is how it is supposed to be. Well, it's it's all about who you know. Sort of reality. Yeah. Well, the, the the president was supposed to be sort of an everyman position. It was supposed to be something that a, a you know the some average American could become the president. I don't think it was supposed States. to be that at all. I mean, uh, the, the the leaders have always had money and they've always been men of power. Um, well, it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be just the average man. Okay. That's as I understood it. I, I don't I don't see it that way, but okay. I mean, I don't think running campaigns was as expensive back in the old days. The founding fathers didn't trust the every man. They didn't like the idea of the average guy voting. That's why um, only 21-year-old white landowning males got to vote. I don't think there should be a president at all. I think we should abolish the federal government. That way no one can be president. How about that, Chris? Um, I think that we should have a small, very small government. There you I- go. Thanks for the no. call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. A man after your heart, Mark. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's going to be ten of them for every one of them that uh, believes like you do. All right. So uh, let's move on because you've had an email burning up your inbox for a while here, Mark, mm-hmm. and you wanted to get to it. So I say get to it. So um, I, just as a little back description, I, it's been a couple of weeks now, but on a Saturday show, we were talking to Lou, I believe, and uh, 
Um, I made the statement that Elu asked us if we'd been in the military, and I made the statement that no, I've um, you know I've never been a paid killer or something to that effect. And some military member, a military member, took great offense than, to that. More than one, actually, and um, emailed in. Why like did you that. get more than one email? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And um, I came to their defense, saying yes, that that's not, it was not fair. Um, there have been people that have been in the military that were not paid killers. It's true, their money, their paycheck came from coercion. It came from using force on others, but they directly did not kill anyone. They were maybe fixing helicopters for people who ended up flying them to kill people with, but directly I, they didn't pull any triggers. And I said that if you were a member of the mafia and claimed to be a member of the mafia and were proud to be a member of the mafia, that somebody might call you a paid killer, even though you'd never killed anyone. Though, okay, pride wasn't really an issue in the original discussion, and uh, yeah, if if you're proud to be in the military, that's one thing, but if you regret your decision, then it's a whole other one. Well, then you're a a repentant paid killer. But Um, I'm saying if you didn't kill people, Mark, which many of them don't. From Peacock. Go on. Well, I take exception to the description of paid murderers, which is not a description I used. I find paid killers to be quite accurate. I signed a contract to whack people if told to do so. I accepted that as part of my condition very quickly after I joined. When they're telling you to use peanut butter, um, a peanut butter packet from your MRE to, to treat a sucking chest wound, you realize you aren't in your backyard playing cowboys and Indians anymore, son. I'm sorry, I added the son. <laughs> I, was in, I was in the infantry, and killing outside of getting to the place um, to do the killing was pretty much our entire focus. It sounds like that listener is quite young and full of apple pie. I even harbored a little patriotism until I've... Um, finally, did get shot at, and honestly, you could have showed God and your con- uh, and you can shove God and your country up your butt for all I cared about th- um, about them at that point. Mm. The moment of truth comes when you look down at some mass of gore caused by an action that you can't take back. Mm. You can lie to yourself all you want and wave your flag as hard as you want to, but it won't erase the reality of what our purpose was and who it was for. As far as I can tell, now you can get um, really good at killing for Uncle Sugar and then go make $30,000 per month um, pulling a trigger for Blackwater. 40,000 of the 120,000 Blackwater employees are direct trigger pullers. Just because you wear the official mantle of the United States government make 10% of what a Blackwater employee makes doesn't um, transmogrify you into some kind of noble saint. Based on the absence um, of the other 90% of your income that Blackwater is getting pretty much makes you a sucker um, <laughs> for, no, um, for that no matter what. Even if um, even more so because you're missing 90% of your income. Just ask the Blackwater employees who aren't even U.S. citizens at all. Go figure on that. Some crew from Peru is making ten times as much as the red-blooded American kids. Hmm. So he he's admitting it. He agrees. It's, paid, it's a paid killer position. And even if you are fixing helicopters, you're still in the Army, and you're supposed to pick up a weapon if it comes down to it. That much is true. 800-259-9231. Dying baby, coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. You can still take control of the airwaves, though. Toll free at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the program by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier as around 370 of our listeners have decided to do. It is something that will cost you all of three bucks a month. But it's totally voluntary. So remember, all the features on our website are for free. So this is above and beyond all that. This is if you like Free Talk Live, you want to help us get on more radio stations. 
Because AMP, uh, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. You send in that $3 a month, and so is everyone else. And it all adds up to where we get a nice little chunk of change coming in every single month to where we can turn that around and purchase uh, advertising for the show. Get on more radio stations, get more Internet listeners on board, and do a lot more to promote Free Talk Live and thereby promoting the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So if it's valuable to you and you want to get your hands on a few perks, like access to the amplifier-only chat room, amplifier-only forum, and call-in lines, then go to amp.freetalklive.com right now and become a Free Talk Live amplifier. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Mark, tell me about the dead baby, or the dying baby. Yeah, it's it's a sad story. Um, the... It, this is sort of like, uh, man, I can't remember. What was the uh, the, the gal in the coma? Oh, uh, Shivo. 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 Yeah, I was wanting to say Sheehan, but I knew that wasn't her. Anyway, Emilio Gonzalez lies in his mother's arms. Sometimes he'll uh, make a facial expression that his mother says is a smile. But the nurse who's standing right next to her thinks he's grimacing in pain. Oh, boy. Which, um, which one is it? An expression of happiness or suffering? This crucial point. Did you say a, newborn? It's relatively. Okay. Didn't say that, but... Um, it's a crucial point in an ethical debate that has uh, pitted the mother on a, uh, of a dying child against a children's hospital um, and medical ethicists against each other. Hmm. Emilio is 17 months old and has a rare genetic disorder that is ravaging his central nervous system. He cannot see, speak, or eat. A ventilator Ooh. breathes for him in the pediatric intensive care unit at Austin, Children, uh, Austin Children's Hospital, where he's been since December. Without the ventilator... Emilio would, would die within hours. The hospital contends that keeping Emilio alive on a ventilator is painful for the toddler and useless against his illness, Lay's, um, D- Lay's disease, a rare uh, degenerative disorder that has no cure. Under Texas law, children, um, Children's, that's the hospital, has the right to uh, withdraw life support if medical experts deem it medically um, appropriate. Well, they should, because it sounds like if they don't, then he's just going to continue suffering in his current state, uh, and then just degenerate further to where they may not be able to support him. Well, I understand that you've got an opinion on this, but um, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, let, let's let's go into this, and, and it's it's a tough issue. Okay. Emilio's mother, Katrina Gonzalez, on the other hand, is fighting to keep her son on the ventilator, allowing him to die naturally the way God intended, which of course is on a ventilator. God didn't invent the ventilators. Well. I don't think that because she uses a poor example that that um you know you know nullifies. He's being point. fed intravenously, isn't he? He uh, can't eat. He might have a tube. Yeah, I don't know. So there's that too. God didn't in, uh, didn't invent those either. Nope. The two sides have been in and out of court with the next hearing scheduled in May. Um, law signed in 1999 by then Governor George Bush gives Texas hospitals the authority to stop treatment if doctors say the treatment is inappropriate, even if the family wants the medical care to continue. The statute is inspired by a growing debate in the medical and legal communities over when to declare medical treatment futile. Emilio is on Medicaid, which usually doesn't pay for hospital charges, all the hospital charges, excuse me. Hospital spokesman said that he doesn't know how much it's costing the hospital to keep Emilio alive, but the cost is not a consideration in the hospital's decision. I would say that, the, that there's a good chance of the cost. I would, I doubt that, right? I think mm-hmm. that cost certainly um, comes into the decision. Well, you know, he's taking up a room in that hospital or part of a room in that hospital that could be used for someone else who actually has a chance of living. And paying. Okay, that too. <laughs> I'm just. I think that uh, the mother should decide what the fate of her child is. But I think. She but should, is she paying for this? No, she's but she not. To, but I think she should have to pay for it. Yeah. I think that she could probably, um, you know, and that's. I just want to be able to talk about it from a libertarian standpoint, and, um, you know, 
this is one of the issues that we get um, that we're so crass. We don't we we don't have a, a soul. And I think that the mother should have the decision here, not the hospital. Well, and, of course. But I think that you you agree. I know. Right. But, but the mom is not paying for these services. Right. And since everyone in Texas is paying, everyone's opinion counts. Mm. I think. And that's the problem. There shouldn't be every, everyone's opinion shouldn't count. Only um, Mrs. Gonzalez here, Ms. or Miss, I'm not sure exactly which. Right. Um, only her opinion should count as to the, uh, you know, the outcome of this. Well, I guess not the outcome, but as to whether or not her um, son is taken off the ventilator. And I don't know. It's it's kind of sad that it's not. I, I would think that, uh, you know, a lot of people would believe that he should not be taken off the ventilator and would donate money and that they could get right, some kind of fund should. going. And the, the real problem here is government funding. So throwing money down a rat hole. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's a rat hole or not. I couldn't Come tell on, you. this kid's not coming out. Well, who knows? That's who knows? what the doctor said. He's got his rare disease that degenerates the central nervous system. He can't eat. He can't breathe. There's and it's getting worse. Every day of people, uh, you know, a miraculous things happening to people and doctors being stupefied right. by it. I don't see there's any well, reason sure. why this Miracles are called miracles because they hardly ever happen. I'm just saying that the, <laughs> the mother should be able to decide when the ventilator's pulled as long as she can, if pay, she's the paying t- for if she can pay the ticket or, or right. she can get other people to. I, I agree completely. With, uh, now, wait a minute. Are you saying that if she wasn't paying for this, then the hospital would, would still be wanting to pull the plug? I don't think that'd be the case. If she mom isn't was paying, paying for it. Right. I know she's not. I'm saying that if she were paying for it, would the hospital still be trying to pull the plug? I doubt I, it. I don't know the answer to that. But the, then they'd be the, getting thousands of dollars a day. The hospital spokesman says that he doesn't know how much it's costing the hospital to keep Amelia alive, but cost was not a consideration in the hospital's decision. So you and I would both agree that he's not telling the truth. Of course, he's not telling. The okay, no, that's <laughs> we're on the same side of this say. issue completely. But you know, yeah. it's Wayne. It, uh, I'd like sad. you to chime in on this. Well, that was the politically correct thing for the hospital to say. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you, Mark. I think the parents should decide because they they are the legal guardian there who brought the person into the world, and and they have to make that decision. And and it's just a it, there, there's a lot of money going down the rat hole here if if the, it looks that grim, which it, it seems to. Hmm. Absolutely. So we're pretty much all saying pull Same the plug. Stuff here, yeah. uh, if you disagree, 800-259-9231. I understand. You know, the mom, like it said in the beginning of the article, she wants to believe that her son is smiling when he may be grimacing from all the pain he's in. She's a mom. She wants to believe the best. She wants to believe that her son's going to be able to miraculously pull out of this if only the taxpayers would continue to keep him on life support. I mean, really, at what point, as a as a mother who obviously cares about her child... At what point would she come to the realization on her own that this just isn't going to be sustainable? Like, even if she didn't have to pay for the bills, like if for some reason people rallied together and just started paying these bills, at what point would she just say, you know what, guys, I I understand now this is not going to, he's never going to come out of this. How many years would it take for this woman to come to that realization? Um, I don't think that. I, I, the child's not going to live that much longer, anyways. Degenerative disease is kind right. of degenerative, being the active word here. Uh, something miraculous has to happen. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Norbert writes in. Thanks for reading my letter on the air, the one about the school shooting. He says, you guys have given me a renewed hope in the American population, at least in a small part of it. Being able to hear freedom-oriented ideas bounced around and exercised helps reinforce the correctness of the libertarian philosophy. I have one issue I'd like to inquire about that I have some trouble with. 
When I talk about liberty and freedom, I feel the correctness of those ideas throughout my whole body and mind. It feels completely natural. But liberals, conservatives, Christians, Muslims, etc. claim exactly the same thing. They say that what they believe is an extension of their being. I feel that it's. Uh, I feel that is the case with me and the ideas of freedom. The crux of the crux of the problem is that every single faction claims their ideas are right. So does the libertarian movement. How can I spread the ideas of freedom without looking like a loony kook myself? I'm an agnostic myself, and when Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door... He's asking Ian how not to look like a loony kook. (laughs) I turn them away thinking that they're insane, but what makes libertarians different? Are we any different from the rest of them? Can we somehow become more than what they've created and go beyond sounding hypocritical? What do you guys think? Well, I would say that the first thing you shouldn't do is go around knocking on random people's doors and trying to proselytize people over to liberty. I would suggest that you utilize an opportunity when it presents itself. Don't Beat people over the head with your political beliefs. If politics comes up in a discussion, then utilize some persuasive techniques to show people how you already agree on several issues. Because inevitably, there will be issues you agree on. You show them why you agree because you believe in this crazy principle idea. That, you know, using force on others is a bad concept and then try to shift their perspective so they can understand how that principle applies to different issues. And that's the short version of the of the uh, of the answer. Essentially, don't proselytize. Don't get in people's faces. You've got something that's really cool. And if you act like it's that and you don't spew it all over people, they're going to want to know more about what you believe. They're going to want to understand your belief system but only if you withhold it from them to an extent. That's right. Drip, don't gush. There and, you go. And in freedom, you're you're not forcing opinions on anyone else. That's the difference between uh, the freedom philosophy and any other philosophy. All their ideas in- include throwing people in jail or shooting them with guns. Aggression. That's true. And also, I recommend uh, learning more about persuasive techniques. There are great, uh, there's a great book over at theadvocates.org that you can do that with. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime. Freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 